0: EST of WWE, that means that I'm the strongest, S, the fast S, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best. The EST of WWE, it's anything good that ends in EST. It's all about being the best version of yourself.
1: Bianca Belair is one of the biggest WWE superstars in sports entertainment today. A former All-American hurdler in college, Bianca turned an unexpected DM into a life-changing opportunity when she jumped into the ring in 2016. In 2021, she became just the second African-American superstar after The Rock to win a Royal Rumble match. Later that year, she and Sasha Banks made history as the first Black women to wrestle in the main event at WrestleMania. And just this April, Bianca won her first Raw Women's Championship. Outside the ring, Bianca was one of the top five most tweeted about female athletes of 2021. She's one of the biggest names in all sports, and she's still just getting started. Bianca, welcome to the show. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I love uh, when we do people's intros and they get a big smile on their face because it just like running through people's accomplishments is so cool. And um, yeah. you you have many and you have just kind of not just started, but it's really cool what you've accomplished so far um, within WWE and outside of it in your track career. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Thank you for taking the time. Um, I know you have a big match coming up this weekend um at hell in the cell uh you'll be defending your raw women's championship title this podcast will drop after the match but i want to ask you how you're feeling (laughs) i'm
0: um i'm always nervous you know but I say that, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, so I've learned to embrace the feeling of nervousness. i felt this since I was like five years old. That's when I started running track and, and playing, and, um, doing gymnastics. Okay. Uh, but my, 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 daddy has been the person who's always instilled in me, you know, he's always like, it's okay to be nervous. Just don't be scared. So mm. when I feel that nervousness, I embrace it. I know that means that I care. I know that means that I'm going to go out there and give it all that I have. But, um, i'm definitely nervous but i'm I'm excited it's a triple threat it'll be against becky lynch and oscar so it's a little bit more challenging for me because i technically don't have to get pinned
1: to okay so oh.
0: so wait yeah. explain that so the triple threat it's basically who whoever whoever gets the pin okay. win so so say oscar can pin becky And Asuka becomes champion or Becky can pin Asuka and then Becky becomes champion. I don't have to get pinned. So it's like, I can lose my title without even getting pinned. So I have to be, I have to fight two women in order to keep my title.
1: Don't you feel like, would they just gang up on you? Like how, you know, is that part of the strategy potentially? I mean,
0: technically they could and that could like help that could help like you know even their odds out so uh yeah i have the odds stacked against me but like i said on monday night raw this past week i was like i don't care what my odds are the only percentage that i'm sure about is that this 100 is not going anywhere so i'm gonna do everything that i can to hold on to this i just got it i just got I know it.
1: and again we, we said before it started you're matching perfectly with it which
0: we love so i'm obsessed. I have to match it. I'm obsessed with matching my title now. I mean, you got to do it. Um, <laughs> so week in and week
1: out, you'll, you're, you know, going into matches and you kind of talked about how you, going in you you're nervous, but mm-hmm. not scared. Like your dad said, what is prep is talk about the difference between the preparation that you had as a track athlete to now being a superstar. Because I feel like there's probably some similarities, but a lot of differences.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely similarities with, the, with, with you know, with training and preparing um, as far as, like, you have to be confident. You know, um, even when I ran track, it was, like, one of, the, one of the, my biggest competition in track was not the person beside me uh, in the lanes. It was here. Yeah. my mind my mental was my biggest competition and it was so many times when i was already defeated before i got on the track and you are already going to lose so um, it's it's very similar in, in the mindset of like when I walked into WrestleMania, I had to walk in with the mindset that I was going to win, that I was going to have a great match, that everybody was going to be talking about me after WrestleMania. So you have to have that same confidence um, and that, you know, you have to have the same preparation for it. You have to train just as hard. You know, the grind, the grind is is the same when it comes to being in track and being being in WWE, um, if not even more, because there's more aspects to it. You know, with, with track, you just I was a hurdler so I just trained and I drilled every single day I drilled 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 until it became muscle memory so yeah. when I got on the track and the gun went off I wasn't thinking about anything my body kind of just took over and my body just I trusted my body to do what it was supposed to do and at the end my my direct result was up there with with my time um so the difference between track and WWE is sometimes you don't get that immediate um result mm-hmm. You know, you put all this training in, you put all this training in, and sometimes your opportunity, it might not come that week. Um, Or you might have a match and you might not win that day. Uh, The opportunities come and go, and you never know when your opportunity can come. Yeah. Um, So you kind of have to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. WWE, there's no off-season. You have to be prepared when your opportunity presents itself. And so for me, what kind of jump-started, My career right now, and and it took off so quickly, was when all of a sudden um, the Royal Rumble presented itself. I was less than one year on the main roster. And I won the Royal Rumble and all of a sudden I was about to main event WrestleMania, but I had been preparing all year long. So the preparation is, is more, um, long and tedious in WWE because you never know when your opportunity is going to present itself and track is more like, okay, I have a track meet in six weeks. I have a track meet in two weeks. And I have to, I know when I'm performing and when I have to perform. Yeah. So um, it's a lot of similarities, similarities and differences.
1: For sure. I mean, yeah, I just I I feel like y'all's lifestyle even in the in the sense of like traveling everywhere that contributes to it as well. It's just so intense and a grind.
0: Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot more that goes into it than what you just see in the ring with WWE. Like when I ran track, you what you see is what you get. And that's what when those 12, 13 seconds of me run 100 hurdles, that's what you see. Um, but the preparation to WWE is so much more that goes into it than the, the 15, 20, 30 minutes that you see us in the ring. The, like you said, the traveling, where we're traveling overnight, uh, getting to the hotels at three o'clock in the morning and then having to wake up and, and do a show. Um, you know, the show starts at eight o'clock, but we're at the venue at noon. We're there for eight hours preparing to go out there to, to have our matches. And um, it's just a grind, the grind of traveling and being away from family. And then when you're on the road, you're still training. So um, it's a grind. It's yeah. not you got to be built different.
1: <laughs> totally. You, you definitely, you definitely have to be built different. And I feel like part of your success or a big part of your success and being built different is your athletic background in the sense of you were a fantastic track athlete. So how did you first get in to track as a kid?
0: Ooh, I started running track. Uh, when I was like four or five. Okay. Um, um, I was a very active kid. I followed my brother around a whole lot, and my mom my mom told me the story about how my brother my brother had a um football banquet and he got a trophy. And I was like, I want a trophy. How do I get a trophy? So she's like, We well, have to play sports. Uh, and I was kind of like I climbed trees and I was climbing the doors in the house. My parents were like, we have to get this girl in sports before she hurts herself. Yeah and um one of the first sports was gymnastics and track. And um, in Knoxville at the University of Tennessee, every summer they would have, they would host track meets every single weekend. And so my parents took me down to the track. Uh, One weekend I was in my gymnastics uniform. And so everybody was calling me little Flojo. So that's why Flojo is one of my biggest inspirations, but I was little Flojo, I was like four or five years old. I was too young, they didn't even have an age group for me. So I was running with the eight year olds and I beat all the eight year olds. (laughs) No so way! Like in the newspaper that year, and it kind of just took off from there, and I fell in love with track and field.
1: <laughs> that's incredible! Oh, that's such a great story. I love that you showed up in your gymnastics outfit. That's like such a a kid thing to do. You go from one sport <laughs> directly to the other. Oh, wow. that's so great! So, at what point did you think like, oh, I could go to college to run track?
0: So, ever you know, when I was a little kid, I got heavily into track, and then I met all my friends on 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 the track, and. So my my friends and I, we were in middle school and like elementary school, actually, elementary and middle school. Um, and we were talking about how we were going to the Olympics. We were like in fourth grade, like we're going to the Olympics. And I love that. We were, we were on the track training, like we were all about the process. We love training, we love going to practice. So that was always like my mindset, my mindset since I was a kid. Um and then all through middle school, we competed um, on, on a national level. And then high school, really, that's when it really um, started. I really started training really hard. I was playing almost every sport in the book in high school. Um, even in middle school, I was still, I was doing track. I was doing soccer. I was still doing gymnastics at the time. And then in high school, I was um, playing basketball and I was a cheerleader. So I actually. You really were doing it all. Yeah. So I actually um, would play for the, play basketball with the girls and in the, the game, I would go to the locker room and change over into my track. I mean, my trillion uniform and then cheer for the boys at the same time as running indoor track. And then my coach at the time was like, if you want to be serious about track, you're going to have to focus on track. And so that's when I really started focusing on track and training for the hurdles. And um, then I, I started ranking nationally. I was like one of the top five hurdlers um, in the nation. And that's when I realized, OK, this, this, this is how I'm going to get my scholarship.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. So you, you, you grew up in Knoxville. So was Tennessee a no-brainer?
0: So <laughs> it was not. Um, really. Loved, yeah. Well, because I grew, I was born and raised there and that's, yeah, I was there for so long and I wanted to experience, um, Outside of Knoxville, like I I love um Knoxville, Tennessee, but I always felt like there was just more out there for me. And my mama was the one that was always like, you know, she wanted to push me. She's like, there's more outside of Knoxville, and I want you to experience that. And I got to experience that when um, you know, just traveling uh with nationals for AAU track, and then when I started um going to different schools uh to, vi- to visit my five schools uh for college and I love Tennessee, but I wanted to experience something else. And so I definitely wanted to like stay in uh, SEC school. Okay. So I actually uh, chose the university of South Carolina. That's where I went for my freshman year. And oh, then really? I, tra- yeah, I was there for my freshman year. And then I transferred and went to Texas A&M for my second year. And okay. then my third year I transferred and finished up at the university of Tennessee. Wow. <laughs> so what prompted the transfers? Um, Mental. Mm. Mentally, um, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Um, Track was my identity. Mm. Uh, I threw so much into track and field. I was like, I I was the person in high school that was waking up and I was doing a thousand abs um, and a thousand pushups every single morning. I was on the track training in the rain while my friends were at parties. And so when I got to college, my freshman year, I struggled with, um, just, I struggled with the eating disorder. I struggled Mm. with depression. Um, and so that kind of like overtook me my freshman year and being like a young 18 year old and not being able to perform. Uh, I felt like I didn't know how to handle that. I didn't have an identity. And so I kind of ran away, ran away from it. And then transfer to Texas A&M thinking like, oh, let me transfer to a new environment, new coach, but I still didn't handle this. Mm-hmm. And for the first time I coached at uh, Texas A&M, he was the first one that benched me. And he was like, you can't run because you have to you have to get your mental game right. And that was the my turning point. Um really? it was know yeah, and I didn't understand it at the time. I was like, I want to run. I want to run. It's like, you can't run fast on the track if you're not, if you're not good up here. And that this was most important. And yeah. so he health is a priority. And I decided to go back home to my family and regroup myself. And then, um, I walked onto the track team at the university of Tennessee and earned a scholarship. So that's, that's my incredible. Hope.
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah. the fact that, yeah, that's so, and it's so great that you, you know, you do talk about it in the sense of, of the mental health aspect of college athletics is so it's, it's a grind. It's so demanding. And I feel like it's something that should be talked about more. And I think it's great that you do talk about that and, and you show that, that coach saying, listen, you got to take care of this, your head first, your mentals first to be able to be your best on the track. And, um, you you, you, like you said, you went to Tennessee junior year, you got all SEC selection, you became an all American at Tennessee, which I think is a great example of taking care of your mental health and the yeah. success and just, you know, how well you can do if you do take care of that. So what, at, at what point did you realize you didn't want to do track beyond college? Because I, I read that when you were graduating, you had coaches who thought that you could go pro. So was that ever a, a, a consideration for you?
0: Definitely. I mean, that was always the dream, you know, mm-hmm. since I was. Like, yeah, I want to be years. in the
1: Olympics.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to be an Olympian. That's my dream. Um, I think that once, you know, in college, when track was like my identity and I felt I feel like I lost myself um, after that crash and burn. And so, like I said, once I got my mental game right and then I got back on the track and I got back to running uh, faster than what I ran in high school. And I felt like I was ready to close that chapter because I gained more than just uh, my reputation on the track. I gained Bianca. I gained me as a person. So I finally figured out who I was. And once I figured that figured that out, I didn't want to let that go. And I was ready to close that chapter. I felt like track in my the purpose of track in my life was not to go to the Olympics. It was so that Bianca could find who Bianca is. Mm. And then I could move forward to what my purpose in life was. And so, um, my last track meet was actually at regionals, um, to make it to nationals. And I, um, I hit the first hurdle and no. almost, I almost went down oh, no. and, um, and I ended up regrouping myself and I still PR'd, but I came in like 13th and top 12 went to nationals.
1: Oh, man.
0: And you would have thought I would have been devastated, but I remember just having this feeling of like, I was okay. And I was ready to move on. I was ready to close that chapter because I feel like I got out of track what I was supposed to get out of it. And it was time for me to find my purpose in life. So I was able to end it on my terms and um, I was okay with that.
1: I respect that so much. And I think that's such a great message to convey because I I feel like so many kids and even college athletes, you know, it's, it's a difficult transition from college athletics to the real world, especially if you're not doing any more of whatever sport you were in. Um, and to hear you talk about that is a great message. And again, like I said, I respect you so much for having that perspective of track, taught me about myself and brought me to be happy and good with who I am, which I think is fantastic. Um, So what did post-college life look like for you? Because there was a period of time where you went from track athlete, you know, superstar of the track at Tennessee to between becoming a superstar in the ring. So what did that look like?
0: It was uh, interesting. (laughs) I tried a lot of different things. Like I said, I feel like I was trying to figure out, it was like a midlife crisis at a younger age that, that transitioned into the into not being an athlete anymore. And so I at one point I went to bartending school. I was like, I'm going to try to be a bartender. I'm trying to be a waitress. I think I was, you know, at one point I was standing in Walmart selling direct TV. Um, I was just trying all these different jobs. Um, And then I, um, but I missed like that competitive atmosphere. Like I knew I was finished with track, but I I needed, I needed that like competitive atmosphere, energy type of thing. And my brother sent me a clip of CrossFit. Okay. And um, he's like, I think you can do this. Look at this. And I remember seeing this video of these women with muscles and they were like, lifting weights and doing these amazing things with their bodies and I'm like I can do that my body my body can do that because for so long when I ran track I was the bigger girl and I was always trying to lose weight and they're like you're too muscular and you need to lose weight and um for the first time I saw like wait my 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 body can do that and um so I joined CrossFit and I completely fell in love and and I got that competitive atmosphere again and all of a sudden I was embracing my body for the first time ever and I was loving my body and I was loving the muscles and my body was doing these amazing things and so um, that was like the the main thing that I was getting into and I was starting to get like all these sponsorships and I was like wearing these big bows and sequins and tutus because For so long in my life, I was competing and it felt like like when I got to college too, it started feeling more like an obligation and like a job a little bit. And so I was like, if I'm going to compete, I'm going to have fun with this. And so I started going out there in tutus and like big old bows and sequins and I was just having fun. And I actually was performing great because I was having fun. But because of that, I was getting like all these sponsorships and really standing out and um, everything was going great, and um, and then I, I moved to Atlanta, and then I had a, a job in Atlanta for a while, um, working for, like, a flavor company, um, but in the process of that, I was training for the, the games for CrossFit, and then I got injured, and I'm like, come on, I, I had something going, and, and now, like, what's happening, and so I, I sat out for about a year, and I just started working in Atlanta, and for a minute, I was just like, okay, I guess this is my life and I'm just going to settle down. And then all of a sudden I got, uh, um, a DM from Mark. This. This is, I'm so
1: excited. To hear about and this.
0: He had seen a video of me doing CrossFit okay. and it was, it was a, um, a competition in Puerto Rico. I had this big old bow in my hair and a skirt on. And I had grabbed the microphone and I was talking to the crowd. And I was like, I knew that I understood the performance part of like, grasping people's attention in, in the crowd of crossfit mm-hmm. and um he dm'd me and he was like hey have you ever thought about being a wwe superstar because you're doing everything that it takes you have the look you have the charisma you have the strength you have the athleticism he was like you're grabbing the microphone and you're talking to the crowd you're essentially cutting promos and you don't even realize it he said you're wearing like a a, a jacket like a little cape to go compete and then you're taking it off before you compete you're you're essentially wearing wrestling entrance gear and you don't even realize it and so um it was a dm and i completely thought it was fake so i ignored it
1: (laughs) no wait okay so how long was the dm was it just like hey i think you'd be good at wwe or was it all these points
0: it was so first he had just like commented on um a picture and then my nephew was the one to say, hey, Mark Henry, comment on your picture. I was like, that's fake. And then it was like- It's a a bot. (laughs) Yes, it's fake. And he said, check your DMs. And then I checked my DM and he just said, uh, hey, have you ever thought of being a WWE superstar? I wanna invite you to uh, one of the camps. And then I kind of like researched it. I'm like, oh, wow, wait, well, no, wait, this is Mark Henry, like the Mark Henry. And um, it was weird because ironically, I had been talking to my mom about, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next again. And, um, I was like, I think I want to try for WWE and like enter my information. And in, I just didn't follow through with it. And, um, so I was like, okay, tell me more about this camp. Like, what is it? He's like, well, it's a tryout. And then he went through the, through the, like, mm. you're doing everything that it takes and I see it in you and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, so I can get you a tryout, but you have to do the rest. I can't get them to hire you. But if you go and show up and just be yourself, um, you can do this. And so That's- that's that's
1: that's so incredible so for listeners can you tell people who don't know who mark henry is who that is
0: mark henry he is uh he's a wwe superstar wwe wrestler he's now a wwe hall of famer so he's a legend in uh in, in in the game of wwe so when you have like someone like mark henry in your dm saying hey you ever thought of being a WWE superstar? I mean, this is a Hall of Famer saying like they see this in you. So
1: yeah. Talk it, about knowing how to pick talent. He <laughs> clearly, uh, clearly would and clearly did know how to do it. And I just want to back up a little bit. You had said to your mom before you got this DM, you had mentioned being interested in trying out for WWE. So what sparked that?
0: So I watched, I didn't really watch WWE growing up, uh, but my okay. brother did. My brother watched it, and so you know when we would like fight over the remote, he won I would watch it with him, so I knew like a little bit, but I remember is when Total Divas was getting really was getting really big um on t v and I was like oh women's women's wrestling, okay and um, but to see, like I just saw that they were like multifaceted like they were in the ring getting down having these amazing matches but then like you had the bellas and they were on the red carpet and then it was just showcasing women in an amazing way that that were like multifaceted and I was like I feel like I'm multifaceted and I, and like growing up I always wanted to perform like when I was a little girl my mom was like what do you want to be when you grow up and I was like I don't know I just want to like perform and have people throw roses at my feet and she's like what I mean it all makes sense now but yeah um, that's so funny oh my gosh the the performance part of it um was is what what drew me in into it and so um that's what I kind of saw it and I was like oh I can kind of see myself doing that and it kind of just like sparked my my interest
1: I love it so what was your first tryout like was it what you expected
0: not at all, because I had no idea what to expect. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, the reasons of me getting into it are completely different from the reasons of why I have now fallen in love with it. But my first try it was actually at the Arnold Classic. Um, NXT at the time was doing a show at the Arnold Classic. I think it was okay. something new that they were trying, and they also decided they wanted to try something new by having a live tryout in front of a live audience. And um, I think most people would be intimidated or scared by that the fact that it was in front of a live audience i liked that better because i was like oh i get to do this in front of people um and so (laughs) they actually had a show and in the middle of intermission they brought a group of us out and we had to try out in front of a live audience and then we had to cut a promo to the live audience and and the live audience got to boo or cheer us oh my gosh that was so (laughs) nerve-wracking And I, but I was so excited. I remember them, I they were like, Clearly you were built for it. <laughs> they're like, who wants to uh, go first and cut the promo? My my hand went up first automatically. Like me, I want to go first. Um, and so I did the, I did the tryout there and they contacted me and they were like, Hey, you know, uh, we really liked you, but we want to bring you back for like a real tryout, like a three-day grueling part tryout in the performance center in Orlando And so I did my second tryout and that was tough. It was three days of it was it's like five or six rings in one room and you just go from one ring to the other ring, just doing drills and like just pushing through and trying to show that you're not tired and trying to show that you're coachable and learning how to hit the ropes and I remember after the first day I had a bruise on the back of my back. I was like blue and purple. I'm like, what is that from? And it was just from hitting the ropes. You don't realize how how those ropes are. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, I, did you, did you do any preparation in terms of like watch film or anything or get, try to get info as to, like you said, you're going around doing these drills. They're coaching you. But to me, I feel like if you were to tell me, okay, you're gonna go to a WWE trial, I'd be like, I have no idea what I'm about to get into or what to do.
0: Yeah, I I had no idea. I mean, I, I started trying to watch like wrestling, but it's you can't just watch it and grasp onto it. Um, and it's hard, like even when you search like WWE trial at the time, there wasn't mm-hmm. there was there weren't any videos on YouTube of a WWE trial. There were, I mean, not many, you know. And so at that point, I was like, well, I'm just going to be open and honest and say, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm here and willing to learn. And so I just went into it just like, hey, I'm an athlete. I'm willing to learn. And um, that was the one thing that they wanted to see was that you were coachable. Uh, they didn't expect me to know how to wrestle. They just wanted to see if I was coachable and if they could tell me how to do something and I could just pick up on it and execute it, which I was able to do, um, but no, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, and I was overwhelmed <laughs> when I came in.
1: Well, you clearly did well because you signed a deal with WWE after that second tryout. So can you put, or at least help put that into perspective of how few people sign, a, you know, after two tryouts usually yeah. end up signing a deal?
0: Yeah, it's um, it's a dream come true. And it's something that a lot of people dream to do. I remember after my second tryout, I was in the airport and I was in the airport with uh, a girl, a girl and a, a guy that were at, the, were at the tryout with me. And I remember we were talking and on the back of their phones, it was full of like WWE stickers. And they were just mm-hmm. saying like, I hope I get a call back and I've been wanting to do this since I was five years old. And meanwhile, I had already been pulled aside at the tryout where they told me, Hey, it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when we want to bring you in. Wow. Me knowing this and hearing them say how this had been their dream since they were five years old and they didn't get a call. um, It made me feel like I was almost like still in their dream, you know, and it made me, um, appreciated so much more. And I was like, this is a dream come true. And this this doesn't happen for very many people. So since it's happening for me, I'm going all in. Um, and I was chosen for this. And so it made me just want to prove myself even more when I when I came into the business because it doesn't happen. And I was someone who didn't come from and I didn't watch it. Um, and I never imagined myself being a WWE superstar, but here now here I am. And so what are you going to do with this opportunity? That was my mindset in in Everybody wants to be here, but you're here. So prove that you should be here.
1: Love it. What was the hardest part of transitioning into the ring from, you know, you're obviously extremely athletic from Mm -hmm. running track, but what was, yeah. What just talk about when you got the contract, it was signed and now you're officially in WWE. What was that transition like?
0: It was, um, overwhelming. Um, at times. I remember walking in my first day at the Performance Center and I didn't even know what a day of training looked like, you know. Um, And I I was so used to playing so many sports where I could pull something from one sport. Like when I did CrossFit, I could pull, uh, if we had a running workout, I could pull from my track background. If we had um, more of like handstand walking. I could pull from my gymnastics background. But WWE, it was like, I didn't know what to pull from. I was completely starting from zero. Um, and so I had to let go of everything. And, and I came in thinking, oh, I can still train to do CrossFit and learn how to wrestle. And then I realized, no, you cannot. You If you want to be good at this, if you if you want to hone your craft, you have to let go of everything. So I quit CrossFit Um, and you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You have to be comfortable with like not being the the best athlete in the group right now. You know, you, you have to be okay with being ignorant and learning. And so for me, the physical part came a whole lot easier. Like I could go, I could go in the ring and I was like, Hey, can I, can I go up, go up to the top rope and try a 450, which is like a really hard move where you do a, a front somersault like almost two somersaults in the air and then you land and not a lot of people could do it like the first week i was up doing somersaults off the top rope um so that part came easy but the part that was more challenging for me was learning the art of hmm. of it and that's the part that i've fallen in love with you don't just go in there and compete you don't go just go in there and do moves on people but it's the the performance um You know, you're it's thousands of people in the audience where you're performing to these thousands of people. It's thousands of people through a a camera screen that you happen to connect with the audience there. Uh we're cutting promos where we're in the ring talking for three, five, eight minutes. We don't have a teleprompter. We're live TV. Dang. (laughs) It's a lot of improv. Um inside the ring when you're wrestling, it's a lot of improv when you're having to memorize your lines, but also having to act It's the acting aspect to it. Um, and that's the beauty of WWE so many aspects that go into it that you have to be uh, good at in order to be great in WWE. And um, also timing, you know, for me running, being an athlete, I, like you said, I, I trained and I drilled and my result came out on the track. In WWE, you can train, 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 but if it's not your time, it doesn't matter if you're the best at the moment. It matters. Timing is everything. So it's all about being patient and just staying confident in yourself.
1: I mean, I have so much respect for <laughs> what you do because uh, I again would never be able to do it. And I think that piece of like you said, you can you could do all these athletic things, but then it's it's the entertaining, it's the engaging in track and I mean, I guess in soccer, I'm sure in track you feed off the crowd, but you are so locked in, and I feel the same way yeah. when I play soccer. Like I. I, when I step over the lines, like I'm fully locked in and the crowd can cheer or they can boo, they can do whatever they want, heckle you, but it's like, that is blinders on focused on the game and not engaging in the crowd yep. really. And yep. it's the complete opposite.
0: Yes. Opposite. It's all about engaging. It's all yeah. about, connecting. it's about making people feel something and having them get behind you and either boo you or cheer you. Um, and so it's, a. Uh, you know, it's not tunnel vision necessarily. Um, it's just it's like you're multitasking the whole time that you're in there, and it's on live TV. <laughs> yeah, so so nerve wracking, so much pressure. Um, I want to talk about your persona
1: a little bit. Uh, your nickname is EST of WWE. Can you explain that to the listeners?
0: The EST of WWE. That means that I'm the strong EST the fastest, the roughest, the toughest, the quickest, the greatest, the best, the E-S-T of WWE. It's anything good that ends in E-S-T. It's all about being the best version of yourself.
1: It's such a good nickname. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. It's so good. And then Bianca Belair. um, Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that a little bit? Like who did you pick that? Like, how did you, how did that come about?
0: Yeah. So, you know, we first get into WWE you want to get a name that's like larger than life. Right. It's all about being larger than life. But I wanted to just be, you know, unapologetically me and bring myself to the table and just be that just me being me was simply enough. And so I wanted to just be me, but amp it up a little bit. So, you know, I just added my, my uh, maiden name is is Bianca Blair. And I just added the extra E in there to make it Bel Air, to spice it up and make it larger than life. So, um, you know, I, I wanted to be like the glitz and the glamour. When I hear Bel I think of grand and extravagant. And um, so that's kind of what you see when I'm in the ring. I have like the glitter lip and I have the sequins and I'm shining. I'm shining the brightest. You see the EST on the brightest. I Est. do, I love it. <laughs> so That's kind of where Bianca Bel Air came from.
1: Love it. How do you tap into that? Do you feel like you you can get into Bianca Belair and then get back to B- Bianca Blair? I know you're married now, so it's you have a <laughs> different last name. But it, how do you how do you deal with that? Like getting in to character or persona and then transitioning out of it at home, hanging out that sort of thing, or do you feel like you're constantly just like Bianca Belair
0: no I don't feel like I'm constantly Bianca Belair um you know when I'm around my family or with my husband who I mean that people might see that being a little bit difficult because my husband is also in the <laughs> uh, Montez Ford he's uh in a tag team called the Street Profits with Angelo Dawkins so um you know I travel with my husband and, and I'm home with my husband and WWE is such a huge part of our life that you know we when we get home we can't just turn it off like you yeah. still talk about it but of course like you know I'm, I'm a little bit like polar opposite like my husband laughs because I'm in the ring and I'm like I'm the strongest oh like I'm like I'm big and strong and then when I'm home he's like you cry all the time you're so emotional <laughs> um
1: so good
0: and so you know but it's uh I just see it as, you know, it's it's performing, um, it's really engaging, but I, I wouldn't say like it's, I, I'm not in a place where I'm just such a complete polar opposite, because I really do try to stay true to who I am, because that's a huge part of my message, just being like unapologetically you, and when I'm in the ring, I'm more so I'm just amping it up, I'm just being like loud, bold, proud, I'm shining, bright, um, and so I'm just being like unapologetically me on the 1,000th, the, the a millionth level. So it's cranked just, up. Yeah. More so for me, it's just like, I just like turn it down when <laughs> I'm not Bianca Belair. All right.
1: What was it like your first match in front of a live audience?
0: Oh, I'm trying to think. The first match I had in front of a live audience was in NXT, which is okay. where you're just getting started. And so it wasn't a very, maybe like 100 to 200 people in the audience, but you would have thought I was at WrestleMania in front of 70,000 people. I was almost about to throw up. I'm nervous Um, (laughs) and I just, because it's my first time ever doing something that I had never done before. And now it's something that I like care about extremely. but it was, it was amazing. I remember I did forget how to do a hip toss, which is a move uh, that I had like in my arsenal. And so it was my very first time experiencing like how to recover in front of an audience. Um, So it was a great learning um, experience, but um, I just remember like loving the energy from the crowd and, and feeling like I had that feeling of that. I felt like I was walking in my purpose. And so when you get that feeling of like, you're finally walking in your purpose. And now that I have this, I never want to let it go. So I'm like, I'm never letting this go. And I'm going all the way with this.
1: Well, that is the truth. You certainly did. Before we talk about your ascension, I do want to talk about being married to a coworker. Like you said, (laughs) you're married to Montez Ford. Um, You guys are both superstars. You guys both wrestle. And what's that like? Like, I obviously know people who are, you know, even date teammates, date people in other sports, but you guys are doing the same exact sport and you're traveling all the time. Sometimes you're probably pulled away. How do you handle and balance that in a relationship?
0: Uh, You know, I always say that I am blessed to do what I love with the person that I love. Um, I actually, love being around my husband all the time so (laughs) that's that's like a great thing because we are literally together all the time thank you know luckily we are on the same brand we're both on raw right now and so we have the same traveling schedule for the most part um so like you know I live with my husband I travel with my husband I work with my husband but ironically like on our work days we really don't see a lot of each other because Mm. the days of shows is so like crazy and so busy that I see him when I get there at noon and I don't see him again till midnight for the most part. Um, but no, it's great because we get to, you know, experience um, the ups, the downs, the achievements, like at WrestleMania, we got to like this year, at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 38, um, the first night I had my match and he got to watch me and celebrate with me. And then the second night he had his match, and I got to watch him and celebrate with him. And in both of our families are at the shows. And so it's like a a big family affair. Um, And also to like, just like being in WWE and learning the culture of WWE, we get to like, you know, talk with each other and figure things out. Or when we have, a hard time you know I get to vent to my husband and he can understand and relate but also like pull me out of it, it help open my perspective into the into the bigger picture so it's just really cool that I have um my husband and we we were kind of like on this journey together of, of rising in WWE and it's just um I wouldn't want it any other way. And if you ask people backstage, you're just like, you guys are obsessed with each other. We're like, yeah, we are.
1: (laughs) I I was watching one of, there was something on YouTube and it was like friendship test or something. And you guys are absolutely adorable together. So I love it. And I think it's so great. You're like, I get to spend all my time with him and I'm obsessed with him. So it's great. (laughs) Uh, And that's like relationship goals, which is amazing. Do you get nervous watching him in the ring?
0: I get more nervous when we both say this about each other. I get more nervous watching him than I do about my own matches. Mm. But, and that's because, like, in my match, I'm controlling me. In his match, I can't control him. And so, like, I'm nervous. I want him to do good, but there's nothing that I can do to help him. And so, when I'm watching, I'm really like moving with him and I'm like, go to the left, like, go to the right, like, zig. No, you just zagged. And I'm like trying to help him. It's kind of like, you're watching the prices right and you feel like the louder you scream, at the louder you scream, they can probably hear you. That's how I am. I'm like if I move like more to the left, I can make a move, you know. Yeah. But um no because you want it to be a good night too. You want them to be happy and so I get really nervous for him.
1: I'm sure. Um I'm sure as as wonderful as it is to have him <laughs> around all the time. It is probably very stressful mm-hmm. in its own way. Um So, but it's, I think it's great. You guys are, like I said, absolutely adorable. Um, So I want to talk about you specifically, your ascension, uh, your championship ascension really began with the May Young Classic in 2018. You won an undefeated streak after that event, knocking out tons of big name superstars and ended up making your WrestleMania debut that April. So what do you think clicked for you in place at that time? Like, what, what do you think it was that allowed you to just go on that rise and make it to Wrestlemania
0: um I think you know for as far as my young classic like that was the first time that I was in front of a, a larger audience and it was like televised um and it was an all women's tournament and it was my first time being on like a bigger platform and um you know during that time I was still trying to learn and then like trying to prove that I deserve to be here and that was the first time that I really felt like after that match, I, I broke down crying and and it was like happy tears. And it was like, I finally found what I was, feel like I was born to do. And I'm walking in my purpose and mm. this is what I'm supposed to do. And I think that that was the jumpstart to everything. Um, and then from there, uh, I started being on TV more. I gained so much more confidence after that night. And I fell so much more in love with WWE. And then, you know, like I said, the opportunities can come from out of nowhere. Uh, I found out that I was going to be in the Royal Rumble for WrestleMania the night before. Really? They pulled us into a room and they were like, hey, you know, surprise, you're in the Royal Rumble at WrestleMania. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm glad I've been preparing. So that was my, like, you know, one of my first lessons of always stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And so, you know, to go in, in WrestleMania and be, be so young um, in, in the game and, and go and showcase myself there, I got, I got a little taste of it. It was on, it was on the pre-show. So I got a little taste of like being in WrestleMania and what that felt like. And so I just felt like I found my purpose. I was walking in my purpose. And like I said, I just remember at the tryout, they told me it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And that was my key. Even at that point, it's like to me, I was like, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when I'm going to get the opportunity, and I'm going to make sure that I'm prepared. And so I think me just making sure that I was prepared, it just started showcasing even more. I started being on NXT NXT TV, and then on live TV, and then all of a sudden, now, eventually, you know, I got drafted to SmackDown and to Raw, and then now I'm main eventing at WrestleMania. So. It was all, I always kept that mentality of, in my head of not a matter of, of, if it's a matter of when, so make sure you're prepared for when that opportunity comes.
1: I love it. Uh, you made your raw debut in 2020. It was notable for a couple of reasons. First, you're fighting with your husband. What is it yep. like to fight <laughs> with your husband?
0: It's, um, it's a fun dynamic Like any, anyone that's ever watched my husband in the ring. He's a wild man, he's a crazy man, he's full of energy. I mean, he's full of so much joy and what's even more crazy is the person that you get in the ring is the person that I get at home. So it's a lot, uh, <laughs> but no, it's it's really fun. It was really cool to, um you know, it was my first time being on Raw and and I was overwhelmed and I was on, on the main stage. So to have him there, he kind of like helped guide me and introduce me to the, the big stage. It was really cool. Um, And I I love that. I love that he was able to be, like I said, we get to share these moments. And so we got to share my raw debut together.
1: The other part was that it was during the no fans COVID era, correct? Uh,
0: Yeah. (laughs) So
1: what was that like? Because I, we played through COVID um, and played in empty stadiums and it was just so different than any type of match before that I'd ever played in. So, and I can, we've kind of touched on this, that, you know, soccer, any sport, a lot of people block out the crowd. Wrestling, you have to engage the crowd. What was it like to wrestle when it's everyone's behind a screen? It's
0: so weird. Yeah, um,
1: I feel like it'd be such a bummer.
0: It is, it's like kind of going to a party and dancing and everybody's dancing, but there's no music. Um. A great analogy. <laughs> It, 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 it's like, and you're trying to figure out what song everybody else is listening to in their head and dance with them, but nobody knows what song is playing. It's because the fans are everything in WWE. If anybody's ever been to a WWE event, like if you come to WrestleMania, right, or Raw, SmackDown, it's almost like a electricity and vibration that comes off the crowd, the boos, the cheers, when they're chanting EST, it's, it's infectious and it's just like it's everything. Yeah. And our whole job is to put smiles on fans' faces. But now there are no fans um, that we can see. They're all they're all through the the the, the camera. Um, it was it was tough and it was difficult, especially for me because I've been waiting to get called. Um, up to the main roster and when you're in NXT that's the big moment when you know like I've made it I'm going to the main roster and they told me you're going to debut the raw after Wrestlemania which is besides Wrestlemania one of the biggest nights in, in of the year and I was like I'm going to get my big debut in front of thousands of people after Wrestlemania and then it went to you're still going to debut but just in front of no one. no one and I'm like It it was just really challenging, but I I do feel like it really made us better as performers and as wrestlers and WWE superstars because we had to make people feel literally through a TV screen. And it was difficult for me because I was being introduced for the first time. I was having to introduce myself and get people to know who I was. And I was having to do that through a TV screen screen versus in person which is more difficult um but wwe adapted you know we we yeah. never stopped running we came up with a thunderdome we were the first with virtual fans and um it taught us all how to adapt
1: yeah no it, it was incredible what to see what some of the uh you know different sports came up with during that time and how they incorporated fans into the entertainment the live show if you will um, So I want to touch on 2021 Royal Rumble Smackdown. You became just the second ever black superstar to win a Royal Rumble match after the rock, which is incredible. But then also you were in the match for over 56 minutes, which what, like to me, that's like playing. I mean, I guess soccer, we play 90 minutes. We have a 45 or, you know, we have a halftime, but. 56 minutes straight so how was that did you did you realize it was going to be that
0: long like talk about that
1: a little bit just seems like
0: a lot no I mean I came in at number so the Royal Rumble there's 30 entrances I came in at number two that year so I knew that if I was going to win that I was going to have to be in there close to an hour Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I knew that going in because you're you're number two. And you have to wait for thirty more women to come through, and you know the Royal Rumble. The way you win, you're the la- you're the last woman in the ring. So you, right. the way you get eliminated, you get thrown over the top rope, and so you have to literally be the last woman standing. I have to be the last woman standing, and I'm number two out of thirty women coming out. Uh, so I knew that it was going to be uh, tough, but like I said, I'm the toughest and I was going to be, I knew it was going to be rough, but I'm the roughest. So I had to EST, just, baby. ST. I had to rely on those ESTs and, um, I had to, I was like, if this is my opportunity, this is my opportunity. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, and this is, this is when, this is when it's happening. So, um, it, and it was cool. You know, I didn't even realize that I was making history, you know, by, I was the first black woman to win the Royal rumble the second black person to win behind the rock of the Royal rumble and I didn't even know that till someone told me after the match sure. and I thought that that was like great because I was like hey just me following my dreams and trying to be the best I made history yeah you know, and that's I wanted to be inspiration for everyone you don't have to go to the history books to find history you can you can make history don't just learn history make history And you can do that just by following your dreams I love that.
1: That might be my, fo- my favorite quote of the season, right there. That is so good and so true. Um, well, we've covered a lot. I want to talk <laughs> about what's next for you. Um, what, what are your goals for the next year? Like, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years?
0: Five years. I'm trying to think. It's just been wild because I've accomplished so much in the past two years. Um, you know, I went in main event at WrestleMania. Yeah, I became SmackDown Women's champion. We made history. Sasha Banks and I were the first two Black females to main event at WrestleMania. Yep. We won SB off of that match. I mean, we got cool. recognized in the world of sports, which was a dream come true for me. Um, I went on and went back-to-back at WrestleMania and got the Raw Miss title from Becky Lynch, who, you know, I have big shoes to follow as champion. So right now, you know, I'm just trying to fill those shoes and over overfill those shoes as being champion. Um, but within the next five years, you know, I'm all about moments. I just want to be a part of great moments. I want to give fans great memories. Um, I want to inspire people to be the absolute best, not just inspire people to start joining WWE or becoming wrestlers, but to be the absolute best in all areas of their life. Like I love when people come up to me and say, Hey, I started school because you inspired me to be a better version of myself. Um, so in the end, I wanted to be People to remember my legacy, not just watching me do moves in the ring, but me inspiring them and making them feel something. Um, I want to go on to wrestle uh, another WrestleMania where I want to defeat um, all four horsewomen, who um, you know they they paved the way and amazing things for women in WWE. Becky Lynch, uh, Bayley, Sasha. I've pinned them. I haven't pinned Charlotte yet, so I want to you know go and defeat Charlotte Flair, who's amazing. Um, But, you know, I want to continue just to build my legacy and do amazing things inside the ring and amazing things outside the ring. I want to I'm in the process of trying to write a children's book. Um, I I love that. And I want to do things for mental health. I want to possibly be in a movie. Who knows? Maybe one day I can be in a movie with The Rock. Who knows? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) But no, I just want to continue to be great and inspire people in WWE, uh, inside the ring and outside the ring. Maybe throw a baby in the (laughs) (laughs)
1: sneak that one in there um all right that's incredible and and i love that is you know, why you do what you do. You want to inspire people, not just to become WWE superstars, because not everyone can do that, but to be the best they can possibly be in whatever they do. And I feel very similarly. And so I I really appreciate that. That's something that, you know, you hold close to your heart and that's what you're going out every day and inspiring people to do that, which is really cool. So, um, a lot of respect for you in that, um, we're going to close with some quick hitting questions. So what female athlete in another sport do you think would thrive as a WWE superstar?
0: I would say, let's see, I would say just because I just want to meet her and be in the ring with her, Serena Williams.
1: I was hoping you would say that. I feel like like that's a no-brainer right there. I feel like um, she could... People around too oh yeah no she would definitely dominate um all right our sponsors at wiss know that mentorship is key to building a more inclusive and positive some world and that a great coach can make all the difference in somebody's career so what was the best piece of advice you received early in your
0: wwe career that has stuck with you to this day i would say the best piece of advice is i don't want to get the quote wrong um it is, I don't want to get the quote wrong.
1: It's okay. We um, no one will no one will hold you accountable for a little bit of stuff
0: the quote. Make the show, don't let the show make you. Hmm. So go out there and you don't let it overwhelm you. Um, you become the show. Don't let it overtake you and get too nervous and where you you like freak out. So
1: make I the guess.
0: show make you. Those are wise
1: words. <laughs> Um, you mentioned how important it is to walk in your purpose. How important has it been for you to bring representation to the world of WWE?
0: Oh, it's been everything. Um, and that's what was so great about WrestleMania 37 with Sasha Banks who became the first two black females to main event WrestleMania. Um, you know, that, that, that match is gonna go down in history and inspire all different um, generations uh, now and in the future and even like getting to go to Saudi Arabia and as, as women in Saudi Arabia and be a part of their change that they're making, um, it's amazing. And, you know, it was really cool when when uh, I went there and everybody was focusing on, you know, it's great for, for little girls to see us in this role. And it's like, it is great for little girls to, to see us as women in this role. But it's even it's just as important for the little boys to be seeing this, too. Yeah. It's, that's really what this is all about. It's about inspiring people and being representation and showing them that, you know, their place in the world and not, in not just stopping here, but going over and beyond. So, uh, that's what this is all about. Love
1: it. Um, how do you take your coffee?
0: Oh, my coffee. Um, yeah. so I actually can do just a straight black coffee, but I'm also not a bougie coffee drinker. I'll drink coffee anywhere, but I like a little cream, a little vanilla, a little French vanilla cream and sugar, but I'll drink a a coffee from literally, I'll drink gas station coffee.
1: Uh, (laughs) I just like coffee. (laughs) Me too. Um, All right. Last question. Who has been the biggest inspiration in your life?
0: I only could pick one person. You could pick a couple.
1: We could be... We can be lax
0: here, especially in my life. My mommy, my daddy, my husband <laughs> love it, and um, uh, um, uh, my second father growing up uh, is um, Sam, a man named Sam Anderson. He inspired me ever since I was a little girl. I
1: love it. Well, we have taken up enough of your time. You have a big match to prepare for. So go get, go get ready for that. Bianca Belair, you're incredible. Thank you for being here. Defend that bad boy. We're pointing. Gotta keep out. She's, this. she's got her belt up, um, and keep inspiring people. You again are just a, a light. You shine bright. So keep doing it. Keep being EST, and um, keep crushing. Thanks for being here.
0: Thank you so much. It was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much
1: for listening. Make sure to tune in next week and hit the subscribe button to be alerted when a new episode drops. Our show is produced by Just Women Sports. For more amazing sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to The Player's Pod. See you next time.